Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's hard to believe that it's already September. At least it's hard for me to believe. Uh, It feels like it was just the other day that I was grabbing my trusty conductor's hat and my train whistle and getting ready for the first day of VBS. But now that's already a month ago. I mean, uh, teachers and students are already back in school, the temperatures are getting cooler, it's already September, and just like that, uh, the summer is over. And as the fall begins, you know, one of the things that begins to change are the seasons. We begin to see differences outside, the temperature changes, but also something that I've begun to notice is the changes that we see when we walk into stores. Right? Um, if you've walked into a Target or a Walmart over the past few weeks, you may have noticed all of the back-to-school items as people are preparing to go back to school, especially now in person again, which is a pretty good thing. And maybe you've even noticed that some overzealous stores, in my opinion, have put out some Halloween candy already. And I get it, uh, I guess technically speaking, Halloween is less than two months away, but if you ask me, Anybody who's buying Halloween candy right now already knows that candy isn't making it to Halloween, right? Uh, But uh, I kind of get that. And and here's the thing. Usually on Sunday afternoons, after worship, I go home, take my post-church nap, and then Lauren and I take care of any errands we have to. And that usually includes running to the store, doing some food shopping, and maybe Sam's Club to pick up some items in bulk and so on and so forth. And uh, last week, when we went to Sam's Club, I saw something that I couldn't believe. Now, Usually when you walk into Sam's Club, you know, you show your membership card and the first thing that you see is kind of all the technology stuff and you have some items off to the side, just kind of random things. And when you walk in a little bit more, you see the checkout lines, the cashiers all kind of lined up. And then you kind of open up the store there and you have all these different sections. You can kind of see all the aisles. Now, I think this is something that everyone does, but it's something that often happens to me and Lauren. We go to the store, we have a list, we know what we need. We start checking items off of our list and somehow we end up in aisles that have nothing to do with that list. And so we do some perusing of different things. And uh, last week when we walked in, there was a display and usually kind of the first display that you see is somewhat related to seasonal items, seasonal furniture. So for the past few weeks, it was hammocks and all different kinds of things, lawn chairs, cabanas, and so on and so forth. But last week specifically, they changed. It started looking like seat covers and storage containers, things where everyone's putting away their summer stuff. And alongside that, there was some fall things, you know, a pumpkin, a scarecrow, some fall wreaths and colors and things of that nature. And then next to the fall stuff, there was Christmas ornaments and Christmas lights. Now y'all know how I feel about celebrating, doing anything really Christmas related, Christmas music before Thanksgiving. So you could just imagine how I felt seeing Christmas things in the middle of August. I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, we got to go. We got to move out of here. And Lauren loves Christmas. She was like, we're going down that aisle. I was like, okay, we're going down that aisle. And so we did, but I felt like I needed to confess that sin to all of you this morning. So uh, now the reason I really mention all of that is because I kind of find it ironic uh, to be thinking about Christmas right now. I mean, it's only 111 a day is away, but who's actually counting, right? And yet, as I was listening and reading through this gospel passage from Mark this past week, I couldn't help but think about Christmas. More specifically, a passage of scripture that we read almost every year on Christmas Eve. It's from the Gospel of John, actually. John chapter one, verses one to 14, and specifically verse 14, which says this. 
and the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh and lived among us. The word, capital W in this case, singular, is Jesus. As Jesus is the living word of God, and therefore, the word of God is alive. And so, because Jesus is alive and the living word is alive, when the word comes into our lives, when we hear the word, our lives are changed. When Jesus speaks, lives are changed. Just listen to the first story that we heard from the Gospel of Mark. This woman hears about Jesus. Now, Scripture is very particular here, right? Last week, we heard about how Jesus was preaching uh, to people who needed to be told about their hypocrisy in their lives. But Scripture this week is clear to tell us Jesus is trying to get away. He's trying to relax. He's trying to go somewhere where he is not known, and yet he can't. People have heard the word They've heard what he's done. They've seen the signs and word has traveled. So even when he goes into a house to be hidden, he's not. This woman hears about him and she's got a daughter who has an unclean spirit inside of her, a demon inside of her. And so she goes to him begging and begging that he will heal her daughter. Now her daughter isn't with her, but nonetheless, this woman is there begging at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus' response here is, is kind of confusing, but I think it kind of speaks to the context of what's going on, right? Uh, this woman, as we're also told, was of Syrophoenician origin, which means she was from one of just the surrounding regions. But really, that's highlighted to show us she was a Gentile. She was not considered one of the people who would have been clean or a follower of the law, and she was a woman. All three things going against her in this instance. And Jesus says something that's a little bit confusing when we hear it and we don't fully understand it and it has to do with the context back then because he says, even the children are not able to eat, are able to eat before the dogs because that's how people felt about Gentiles back then that even the children ate before them, the Gentiles, they were the dogs. But this woman is not phased by that statement. This woman knows who she is talking to. She knows why she is at the feet of the word. And we hear that in her response. She says to him, yes, Lord, and yet even for the dogs, the crumbs are enough. This woman has a deep confession of faith before Jesus. She knows who she's talking to. She believes in him. And Jesus responds knowing that. He knows what this woman believes. And so he says to her, for saying that you may go, the demon has healed your daughter. But the demon has left your daughter. Now, I don't know about you, but there have been plenty of times in my life where I have pondered and asked the question, where is God? Times as though I felt God is distant, that somehow he is far away from me. Times that I find myself questioning God's promises to me, God's word that he speaks. And maybe you felt that way too. Maybe you've wondered where God is in your life. Maybe you've heard the promises, but you still have questions. You've heard God speak through his written word. You've heard God speak to you through Jesus, and yet you still wonder where is God. It's not uncommon to feel as though God is distant, to feel as though he is far away. And at the same time, I know that when I feel this way, I begin to look to people who I would call uh, my spiritual advisors, people who support me in my faith, 
And the, one of the first questions they always ask me is, have you been spending time with God? And I don't always feel the best about my answer. See, because on the one hand, I say, yeah, I'm spending time with God when I'm driving in my car on the way to work. And, and I've been spending time with God when I'm in the middle of a workout praying for strength. And uh, I've been spending time with God when I'm listening to music that sings his praise. I've been spending time with God when I sit out on my deck and I look at the creation and all the things that God has done. And then there's a follow-up question. Yeah, but have you been spending time with God where he speaks to you? His word. And that question always pierces to the heart. That that. Have I been spending time with God where he speaks in his word, the word of life that he has given to us? And I don't always feel good about that answer. And yet, we hear what happens when God speaks. That when we spend time in his word, God speaks to us just like the woman in our first story. She believes in the power of the spoken word of what she has heard about the living word that is Jesus. She believes in what others have said, and so when she comes to him, she knows what he can do. She trusts in his power, and when she falls before him, he speaks, and instantly, her life, her daughter's life, is changed. Even though her daughter is far away, not even close, the moment that Jesus speaks her life is changed. And so even when we feel as though we are distant, the reality is God is never far away. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's working through his word, the living word that is still with us. And when that word, when Jesus speaks, lives are changed. But that's not the only case here, right? Because I said there were two stories in the Gospel of Mark. And so after that story, Jesus again resigns to a new place. He leaves that region and heads to a different one. Again, probably trying to find some new space, but he can't even make it into this new region without being stopped along the way. And this time he has a man brought right before him. Because these people have also heard about this word. And, uh, and of course, uh, this man is sick, and so Jesus speaks and he heals him, but I really want to focus on what this looks like, about what this moment was like when this man is brought before Jesus. You see, uh, what happens is they bring the man before him, and Jesus is in front of a crowd. He's with other people who brought this man, and yet he takes the man away to a private place. He separates the man from everything else that is going on. He has him there alone. This man who is deaf and dealing with a speech impediment. And Jesus takes him. And he takes his fingers and he puts them in the man's ear. And he grabs his tongue. And in that moment, Jesus is stepping into this man's suffering. Notice how Jesus hasn't even said a word yet. That it's just this moment with this man where he embraces this man's suffering, the things that are hurting this man. And after doing that, after sitting in the suffering, after stepping right into it, Jesus looks towards heaven. And he cries out and he speaks and then the man is healed. When Jesus speaks, lives are changed. 
And so it is the same for me and you. That when we are struggling with the guilt and the shame of our sin or when someone wrongs us or when we look at the world around us and we see the brokenness and the suffering, the realities of living in a sinful world, we are not alone in that Jesus speaks into that. The word became flesh and lives among us. It dwelt with those realities. Jesus knows exactly what it's like for us to suffer. He knows the pain that we experience and he steps into it. He speaks into it. He holds us in that pain knowing that he wraps us in his arms because he experienced the greatest result of suffering and pain in this life, which is death. And yes, uh, the word that became flesh died and yet that word rose again. And that word defeated death. And it rose to new life. And with that new life, it spoke again and it proclaimed that one day we too will rise again. That although we will suffer all kinds of things in this life, we are not alone in our suffering. That Jesus is with us. And when Jesus speaks, lives are changed. Just look at how he speaks to us in his word. When Jesus speaks, the blind can see. When Jesus speaks, the deaf can hear. When Jesus speaks, the lame can walk. When Jesus speaks, the mute can speak. When Jesus speaks, the light overcomes the darkness. When Jesus speaks, sins are forgiven. When Jesus speaks, grace and love and mercy overflow. When Jesus speaks, our hearts are transformed. When Jesus speaks, lives are changed. We saw that in these two stories from the Gospel of Mark. And we see that in our life each and every day. That as Jesus speaks to us, our lives have been changed. And he continues to speak through his word. And so we spend time in that word to hear Jesus remind us of all the promises that he says to us. And even though it feels like we know them, feels like we remember them, it's always good to hear them again. To hear the promises of Jesus spoken, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we live out those promises for us as the word, the living word, dwells in each and every one of us richly and fills us with these promises. And along with that, Jesus then invites us to speak that same word, to share his words, to share the word with others in our lives, sometimes at a distance maybe through a phone call or a FaceTime or even a text message. And other times, with the people who are right in front of us, the people who are right next to us, to sit in the midst of the suffering, to hold a hand, to, to give a hug, to sit and then to speak, to speak the words of Jesus, words of promise, words of hope, Words of life. Words of life that we have been given. Thanks be to God for all that Jesus has done. For all that Jesus has said because his word is true. And as his word dwells in us, he continues to speak to us 
and through us. And when Jesus speaks, our lives are changed forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.